How are you doing, ladies and gentlemen? You are here with The Whole Truth. I'm your host, Gerald Brits, and my co-host, my good friend, and my brother, Jimmy Smith Jr. Jimmy, how you doing? I'm feeling okay. Just ready to dive into these sports and see if we can uncover these issues by giving our perspective on it. Okay, sounds good to me. You know, due to the COVID-19, it has been really many sports over the last few months, except for really WWE and to a lot of people, that really is a sports. But just a few weeks ago, the NBA announced it is having a, a restart, so to speak. Come July 30th, 22 of the 30 teams will be in Orlando for a eight-game finale regular season and a full regular-style NBA playoff format. A lot of players are really upset about this. A lot of figure point, namely at LeBron, allegedly. But also, you know, a lot of guys are also eager to come back into the league and play because that's all they know to do. So, Jimmy, what's your take on this? I think if I'm the NBA, I need to shut down. I've been reading articles about the different players' perspectives on it. And Dwight Howard for the Los Angeles Lakers, who plays for LeBron's team, he feels that we should not, he feels that basketball should not be used as a distracting or as a distraction for what's going on right now, dealing with the current climate of police brutality and this pandemic that we have that is here and has been here for a while. We've been in quarantine. We have not seen any sports come on. And I agree with Dwight Howard. To play sports, to say that we need a distraction, I don't know if that should be the focus right now because if we're battling all of a sudden, if we're battling this police brutality, if we know that this injustice is continuing to happen and is wrong, I would think that to some extent, justice is more important than basketball. Justice is more important than football. The, the sincerity in caring for human life should be more important than sports. And I understand that LeBron James wants to play, but and other players, I know they want to play as well. However, looking at it from a perspective to say, okay, we play basketball just because fans want to see it, just because we want to play. I wonder to some extent, is that considered a slap in the face for humanity because it's like, okay, people are out there protesting the injustices, but yet still, y'all want to play sports. It almost feels as if, or it almost seems as if, that athletes may not care the way they say they do if they don't show it as a display, or as a public display at that. So, I agree with Dwight Howard. What do you think about it? I see your point. I see what Dwight Howard and I guess the alleged, the uh, injured Kyrie Irving, I, I, I see what they're saying. 
But at the same time, too, you are a grown man. And the athlete is, you know, as well as athlete, also entertainer. It's your job to entertain. So there's nothing wrong with something going on to distract from the COVID, from the social justice matters. You know, you are a grown adult. If you want to play, play. If you don't want to play, you don't want to play. As of right now, two players have already called, what does it call off? They have already decided not to play. Of the Washington Wizards, Davis Burtons had decided to opt out. And that is his choice. And also, Trevor Ariza of the Portland Trailblazers has opted out to spend time with his son. So that is his choice. So you are grown to dog. You want to play, play. If you don't want to play, don't play. People will watch. Like me, I will be watching. You know, I will be looking forward to seeing who we win the 2020, late 2020 NBA championship. And I mean, to try to watch as many games as possible. So, it's up to you as an individual. I mean, if you if you want to be mad at LeBron or whatever, be mad. But if you want to watch, watch it. Don't watch, don't watch. But me, I will be watching. And also, you know, what is going on with the NBA you know, it's been, you know, I guess the matter of, you know, the eight teams that are not going to be in it. And what's such team, you know, to me, I think the eight teams not going are really in a real good position because they won't be at any risk of getting COVID, won't be, you know, losing time with their families. They're going to be in a better place. And, and what's such team, Jimmy, I'm going to talk about, is right now is the Golden State Warriors. I think by the start of the 2020-21 NBA season, the, war, the Warriors are going to be well-rested and ready to go with the return of Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. And to me, will be the favorites to be the 2021 NBA champion. So then it comes down to who would they possibly draft. Because I would think as far as Golden State's makeup, they need a center. And because of that, if I'm going to state, I think I'd go with James Wiseman from Memphis. The reason why I say that, they have Klay Thompson. Um, thinking that, you know, he comes back from injury. Contingent on him coming back from injury. Stephen Curry as well. Stephen Curry's already putting up shots. He's practiced. You got Draymond Green at the power forward. At small forward, who is there to fill Andrew that? Wiggins. Yes, Andrew Wiggins is there. And I almost forgot about him because he plays so quietly, I guess. But that's okay to go to state to him. So he that's be the third I, option over there. So that's fine. Right. So because of that, I think they need a center. And that's why I would go with James Wiseman out of Memphis. Does he deserve to be the first pick? No. But at the same time, there in this coming in this upcoming draft. There's no bona fide number one pick. So, to fill a need at the position, I think I go with James Wiseman from Memphis. If I was going to state, yes, I would drive James Wiseman as well. But I've heard uh, rumors that the Warriors want to trade their pick, regardless of where they're at, whether they're first, second, third, fourth, whatever. They want to trade the pick for veteran help. They feel that another young player or something. Right now, they don't need, so they want as many veterans as possible for their championship push for 2021. You know what will be interesting? I'm going to throw a name out there who could possibly be in play for Golden State. What if Golden State was to acquire 
Hassan Whiteside. Yusuf Nurkic is coming back from injury for Portland. Portland got Whiteside, but and he was able to fill his role. I think that Golden State to get center help if they're doing it from a veteran's um, if they're doing it from a veteran's perspective and trading their pick, I think you get Hassan Whiteside from Portland. That sounds good in theory, but when you make a trade with a team, they know it's something to return. What would Portland want in return from Golden State that would risk them from winning the championship? They can get that pick. Yes. If Golden State got the number one pick, I'm trading it to Portland to get Hassan Whiteside. But I do believe that Portland would want one of Golden State's young bigs, too. You know, they're young big that really impressed this year. Uh, Kavara Looney. I think that the Trailblazers would want him. That's they, fine. That's fine. I think I would keep Kevon Luna. I mean, I think he's a uh, not a big part, but he's a big like he, like he's a cog of that machine and what they do. I would keep him. I think that you know, if I was thinking for help, I was actually thinking Larry Marketing because you know, being here in Chicago, you know, we hear reports that he wants to lead the Bulls. I think that the Bulls have been willing to trade him to a team. I think that Golden State should probably pick him up, and I think he would be. A, uh, a big help there. I think that Larry would fast his foot in the lead playing for Golden State. But I think the problem with the Bulls with Larry Marketing is the fact that the front office and Jim Boylan, well, the former front office, uh, John Paxton and Gar Foreman, it made it, they made it seem as if they wanted Larry Marketing to be the star. But Marketing has not been healthy enough to be a star. Zach Levine has been playing more consistently and he has been scoring more points on average. But I think the leader of that team should be Zach Levine for the Bulls and the team should be built around him. I I didn't think it was a good idea for them to try to build the team around marketing. You got Wendell Carter. You got Kobe White. You have these players now who could help Zach Levine. So, because of that, if Lloyd Marketing wants to leave, fine. But would he fit in with Golden State? I guess. I just thought the Bulls. I believe he would. I believe he would. I think, you know, playing for Golden State, Steve Kerr would find, you know, the shooter, the, you know, killer in Larry Marketing to, you know, find his groove in the league. Playing for the, excuse me, playing for the Bulls just hasn't really brought it out of him. But look who look at the coaching and things. Well, yes, exactly. But yeah, you know, I mean, every player needs to find the right fit. I mean, unless you're a very special player like a LeBron, Giannis, etc., you need the right team with the right fit. And I don't think the uh, the Bulls are the right fit for Larry, but I think Golden State would be. But I want to swing it back to this year. We kind of, I guess, uh, kind of got off base. So let me ask you, who would be your title favorite? For this year, 2020. As much as I don't like it, the Lakers would probably be a favorite. Um, the Clippers, to me, if they have an, uh, if they have a Western Conference Finals, I don't think anybody can compete 
with the Lakers and the Clippers right now. I think head and shoulders, those are the two best teams in the West. Other teams are there in the West, but I think the two best are the Clippers and the Lakers. If we're looking at the East, you got Boston, you have Milwaukee, you have Indiana could be a dark horse. Toronto could do a little something. But I think that's going to be Milwaukee and Boston if they do an Eastern Conference Finals. So as far as the finals go, I would think it would be Lakers versus Milwaukee. And the Lakers would beat Milwaukee in the championship. Okay. So let me say this. You know, to me, the East, there's only really one team, and they're here to show us above everybody else, and that's Milwaukee. So Milwaukee's going to, I'm not going to say slam dunk, but they're going to go in the finals with ease, losing only one or two games along the way. So let me get to the West, where it's, where it's much more interesting. Yes, the Lakers and the Clippers are, I would guess, talent-wise, the two best teams, but you have so many other teams that can do so much damage. I think it's, it's going to be a bit of a, you know, a chance for a Denver, uh, a Utah, slightly Houston. I'm going to give a slight change because, you're like, you know, because the West is so deep. The West is so talented. It's going to really take a big effort to get out of there. But but at the end of the day, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead with the Clippers because they had all this load management. They got all this time up now. And Doc Rivers, to me, is a top five coach. He's going to find the right uh, the right lineups to guide the Clippers all the way to the finals. And when it gets to the finals, I just think that Milwaukee is the best team in the league, period. And I think they're going to beat the Clippers at six to win the championship. Giannis was disappointed last year. This year, he's going to take it over the playoffs. Every game, he's going to bring it. And the Bucks are going to have the shooters around him to do what they do. They're going to win the 2020 NBA championship. I just wonder who would defend the Greek freak. I mean, the, who would defend the Greek freak? Because Paul George has length. He's a really good defender. Kawhi Leonard does as well. So I would think that either Kawhi Leonard or and or Paul George will be defending him from time to time. And I think Arteta Kompo will be bothered by that. So then you got to have Chris Middleton and company step up. You got to have them play ball well to beat the Clippers like you said. But I think the Lakers would find a way to beat the Clippers because I can't see Paul George or Kawhi Leonard finding an answer to contain Anthony Davis. Well, let me say this. Uh, Dwight Howard is not the player he was, but losing him is going to be a big blow to the Lakers' rotation because their rotation is not as long as the, uh, the Clippers as is. LeBron is their only really consistent ball handler. Unless they get another ball handler in this little waiver wire coming up in a week or so, LeBron's going to be tired out going back and forth. And yes, I like Anthony Davis. I mean, the man is a bona fide stud. But, to, but, but you know, to me, the... Clippers are too deep, too versatile for the Lakers. You know, over a seven-game series. And they have the better coach. What does I like Frank Vogel, Doc Rivers, to be is a 
uh, legendary, dare I say, Hall of Fame coach. So I think the Clippers got to uh, you know speed right now over the Lakers. To me. So why do you think it would be interesting for Utah and Denver to be in the mix if we both believe that the Clippers and the Lakers are probably going to be the two teams playing each other in the Western Conference Finals? No, you said that. I yeah. said. I was just saying if they were the matchup. I'm just, I'm, I'm not saying for sure it's gonna be the Lakers Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. I'm not guaranteeing that for sure. I'm saying if that was the matchup, I'm saying that I could see the Nuggets or the Jazz or the Rockets even winning the conference. You know that could happen. But you know, to me, I'm, I'm saying at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, the Clippers, excuse me, will win the Western Conference. But I'm not. I'm saying I wouldn't be shocked if, if any of those other teams. I do win the conference, Lakers included. I don't know if, if Utah can play enough music or can play enough jazz to put them teams out. And I don't know if Denver can find enough ketchup to put on those nuggets in order to beat the Lakers or the Clippers. I just don't see it. Last year, I don't want to say Denver overachieved, but they really surprised a lot of people. And this year, they became more deeper when they acquired Jamaica Green, and they also gain another year of experience. So, if they do go to the finals, you know, Nuggets, that would not surprise me. That's just all I'm saying. We shall see. Okay, so let me ask you this question. So, before we uh, wrap this up, of the eight teams not going to Orlando, excluding the Warriors, so I start to say, which of the other seven teams not going to Orlando? Do you think it has the best chance to turn things around for the following season? I would have to say the Bulls because of the changes they made in their front office. Sooner or later, the Bulls are going to get a new coach. They have a new GM who came over from Denver. Then they got the assistant GM who came over from, what's that, Philadelphia that he came over from? I believe so. So because of that, I like the changes that the Bulls have made in their front office. Now they need a coach who fits their mold of what they're looking for for the Bulls. The Bulls need to have an identity. And maybe the coach who is the coach selected will bring some type of energy to the Bulls and bring something like a more fluid offense and some actual defense where they're not where the Bulls, if they just happen to score 100 points, that they're not giving up 115 points. So, with that being said, I think the Bulls have a chance to turn it around to make the playoffs next year. I disagree completely. I think the Bulls are still a bad team. Not as bad as they will be with the, hopefully soon to be fired, Jim Boyle. But I think the Bulls are still going to be a bad team. When I look at the other seven teams, not going to Orlando, one team stands out above the rest, and that is the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, they got Trey Young to be a top 15 player. Then you have other young talent in DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, Kevin Herter, Damian Jones, DeAndre Bembry, John Collins, not to mention the veteran point guard Jeff T. And he just acquired Clint Capella. I think if Atlanta focuses on playing defense, Lloyd Pierce will have Atlanta. In the playoffs as a 7-8 seed next season. 
I don't know if Atlanta needs Clint Capella. I wouldn't be surprised if Clint Capella might be on the waiver wire. I know he got traded over there to Atlanta, but because he was injured for the majority of the season, I don't know if Atlanta's going to keep him long term. Jimmy, you need a guy on your team that's focused on defense. You need a guy to teach these young guys that defense is important. Atlanta has a lot of scores, a lot of shooters, but you need a guy focused on defense to teach these guys that it takes to play offense and defense to succeed this league. You need a click a pedal on your team. Now, Houston, he wasn't needed, but Atlanta, he is needed. What, what you mean he wasn't needed in Houston? They needed his, Houston needed his double-double, the rebounds and the points. Houston needed him because it ain't working for them to get to a championship without him. I'm sorry, but him, him being there was in the way of uh, – Russell Westbrook playing at his most best, so that's why he was traded. But I'm saying in Atlanta, he is needed there as a veteran presence who is focused on defense. And with him being there, as they come to that team, they will make the playoffs next season. I just don't see Houston with the defense right now. Without Clint Capella, I just don't see Houston retrieving a lot of rebounds. I know they're playing small ball, but they don't have the team to do that on a consistent basis to be competitive enough to win the championship. I can't see them going to no conference finals. At the most, Houston would make it to the second round and get put out again. I guess we have to agree to disagree. I guess we'll just pick up on this uh, next time. But also going on in the world of sports is the NFL. You know, with all this going on with the social justice, beleaguered NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell, has... Now, I guess you could say backpedal, and is basically begging for a team to sign Kyle Kaepernick after having this alleged workout for him at the years of him being blackballed from the league. So, Jimmy, let me ask you this. Isn't that funny that the league now needs Kaepernick? And if he were to would come back, what team would be the best uh, fit to sign? So, as far as your first question of it being funny that the league all of a sudden needs Colin Kaepernick to come back. The NFL, when Colin Kaepernick first took the knee for the injustice that's going on in minority communities, especially in the African-American community, as far as police brutality goes, why wait four years to all of a sudden, we're going to do an about-face. You ostracize this man, and you say, oh, he's going against the military. He never said he was going against the military. He never said he was going against the flag. I, I just don't understand that at that point in time why people thought a flag was more important than a person's life. Let's not forget that. For the media to spin that, and for people throughout the NFL to believe that a piece of cloth is more important than a person's life, that's absolutely absurd and disgusting. And for the fact that he did this to take a stand and you just completely kicked him out of the league and you want him to come back, if I'm Colin Kaepernick, I stay away from the league. Because now all of a sudden it feels as if, oh, we need to make some more money as the NFL. And because we need to make some more money, yeah, let's sign this guy so people can be happy and then they'll, we'll just put this behind us. No, we can't put this behind us. Police brutality still exists in the United States. 
How are we going to put this behind us? How do we got time to do that? And to your second question, a possible team that could sign Colin Kaepernick, I just don't like it that this is even occurring to where a team wants to feel sorry. Because now it just seems as if they, they're feeling sorry for Colin Kaepernick. And I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't take that on to be a trophy case or to be, oh, I wanted to play in the NFL so bad. Because teams did not want Colin Kaepernick after he did his protest, his silent protest, his peaceful protest to say, well, the police brutality against African-Americans and other minority communities is wrong. First, you blackball him, and you don't want him playing in the NFL, but now you want to sign him? I just think that's a bunch of garbage. If I'm Colin Kaepernick, I stay away from the NFL. And if there was a team calling me, the only team that I could possibly think would call Colin Kaepernick because they know they're going to need backup help sooner or later is either, well, the only team I would say is New England. As much as New England don't want it, may not want to admit it, Jerry still ain't the answer. He's not the answer over there in New England. And I know Colin Kaepernick is 32 years old now, but I think at 32 he still plays better than Jerry Stiller. I believe, well, I should have said, you know, first off, I guess I'll answer to your second question first. I would say the best fit for him is a team that has a basically scrub for a backup. And I'm looking around the league and I see uh, two teams in particular that have basically scrubs at a backup quarterback. One is the Tennessee Titans. Kaepernick can back up uh, Ryan Tannehill because behind him is Logan Woodside. I have no idea who that is. I've never heard of this guy a day in my life. And also, they have rookie seven rounder Cole McDonald. I believe Kyler Kaepernick is better and, of course, more known than both of these guys. So he would be fine backing up Ryan Tannehill. And also, as well, the Houston Texans. You know, I do believe that Bill O'Brien is a pretty good coach. A bad GM, but a pretty good coach. And I think as well because Houston has so many players that have publicly spoken for, you know, Black Lives Matter. They are down for the cause, including quarterback Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt, defensive end. They're two most, most well-known, the best players. I think Kyler Kaepernick will be accepted to Houston with open arms. And as well, their backup quarterback is A.J. McCann, who the best thing about him is his very hot wife. So I would say the Kaepernick could go to one of those two teams. And it's for the question, now is it funny that the league needs Kyler Kaepernick? You know, when he started this thing, you know, I, I saw people all up in arms. But it really wasn't, you know, that big of a deal until Trump started running for president. And then he went on his anti-left rant. And that made the NFL, you know, get all in a bunch, you know, them and all their white rich owners all in a huff about how this is supposedly such a disrespect to the flag, which I think is a bunch of garbage. And, you know, I, you know, I can't believe that, you know, Trump and his rich white owners, you know, just made Roger Goodell look so weak and so foolish for going along with the facade of blackballing 
not just a guy standing up for black people and black rights, but also a pretty good quarterback. Because there are so many scrubs and quarterback start and back up. It's ridiculous. The fact that he are Cam Newton, which is about Cam, but and now the league with all the scrub quarterbacks are is a sin of the shame. And I think that, you know, if I were Colin Kaepernick and Roger Goodell or a team called me, I would tell him to get lost. But I think Colin does, you know, want to come back for a few more years, you know, to have a, you know, a final chapter to his career, you know, like a a fairy tale ending, you know, like a boat on his, you know, career. So I think he will come back, and I think he should sign with the two teams I just mentioned. If a place has gotten rid of me, if a league has decided to keep me out, I'm not going to keep begging to get back in. I just can't do it. I, I just don't see Colin Kaepernick coming back. He shouldn't. He just flat out shouldn't. Well, I say this, but you know who else they said should not come back, but he came back, but he came back better than ever? The great Muhammad Ali. After he refused to enter the uh, war, he was stripped of his title, basically blackballed from the country. But you know, he decided to come on back, and he came back and regained his heavyweight title, and he came back better than ever. So if Muhammad Ali could come back after being blackballed and criticized, I think... Call it Kaepernick King. Mmm. Mmm. I still wouldn't do it if I'm calling Kaepernick. Okay. I just would. I'm just saying, if Muhammad Ali could do it, I could do it. That's that's just all I'm saying. I can't, I can't consider myself on a level above the great Muhammad Ali. That's just all I'm saying. To be continued on that one. Yes. Yes. To be continued, indeed. But yes, the world of sports, you know, is very funny. So now, college football players are allegedly refusing to play if conditions don't approve concerning the corona after so many players around the country have tested positive. So on ESPN, I read that Stephen A. Smith is opposed to college football players making the stand, saying they don't have the right to refuse to play. I'm of the saying that, you know, yes, you are on a free scholarship and, you know, you do a lot to this college, but you are a free individual that can make your own choice. If you refuse to play, then I think it's their right. So what do you say, Jim? What freedom are we talking about here? The right to refuse to play or not to play. Yeah, because... And some of that has been stemming around Chuba Hubbard, the running back for Oklahoma State. He saw his head coach wear a shirt that supposedly promotes white supremacy and a a pro-right stance. I think it's, uh, what was the name of that network? It's called the OAN. I don't yes. know. Yes, the OAN, yes. And I forgot what that stands for. But the OAN, because Gundy wore that shirt, the running back did not, Chuba Hubbard did not like that. And if this is your star running back and he doesn't like that, and college football, you are judged and you are compensated for the amount of competitiveness and the amount of winning that you 
that your team produces on the field. I think I'm going to listen to my running back. And if my running back refused to play, then I'll have to deal with that and maybe have another running back who could or who would play. Would it be a loss for me? Yes. Would it give me a better record? Probably not. But I should not be able to chastise my players for making their own decision if we are supposed to be called in the America, the land of the free. So these players should have the right to make their own decisions because a lot of times these players are considered working for the university and it's as if they are considered property of these schools because they're playing for the schools. Yeah, they get the scholarships and all of that, but they are considered the school's property as long as they are deciding to play for that team. But now there's a little bit of a rebellion and it becomes a problem. But I thought this was supposedly called the land of the free here in America. Apparently, we must be wrong. Well, see what it is because you know, to give you a free education, they feel they have the right to control you as, you know, what you do, what you say, and where you're at at all times. College football, you know, college coaches, college football and college basketball coaches have so much power, so much, you know, so much supremeness that their players must, you know, adhere to him at all times. But now the players, you know, realize that they do have a right to speak up for themselves. They do have a right to refuse to play if they feel that they're, they're not comfortable with something. As such, it was... Uh, Mississippi, a lot of players at Ole Miss and Mississippi State are refusing to play unless Mississippi changes their state flag, which has Confederate ties on it. And I am with the notion of supporting these players 100%. If you don't feel comfortable with something, speak up about it. Make your stand. That flag should have disappeared a long time ago. But due to the racist history of this country, they want to keep it going. This country will never want to admit that it's racist. It will never admit that. Because there's too many people in this country who believe that being that way is the right way. They're not worried about equality. They're not worried about harmony and peace and all of that. They just feel that as long as their way of life is not threatened, then they're good. But now their way of life is being threatened, and it, it's a problem. But they, America will never admit that it's, a, it's absolute racist. It's, see, America is built on white supremacy. And they, you know now that the tides are shifting and people you know, of color want equal standing, they're not liking that, you know, you know, they're not liking the fact that, you know, like you said, you know, their way of living is being threatened. They're liking the fact that their privilege is being taken away from them. They're not liking that. They're liking that people of color realize they have an opinion. They have a voice. And I speak enough of that. And I support that. And I believe that we should keep at it, you know, in sports and otherwise. You know, as well, you know, with this uh, college football thing. Like, you know, the majority of players college football are black. And they're not getting paid a dime. You know, they're there for three to four years, you know. 
why the family struggles, why, you know, their coaches and deans and, you know, teachers, everybody at the university is getting paid hand over fist, the announcers, everybody, the referees, everybody getting paid hand over fist but them. And now times are changing and they're not liking that. So what they're going to do about it? They're going to make rules where things are the same, but they're going to make it seem like change. So they're going to try to do the okie doke. But the thing is, you know, people now are just too smart. They're too smart and too upset for that. So it ain't going to work. We shall see. Yes, 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 we shall see. Yes, we shall see indeed. You know... You know, it's funny, Jimmy. Um, we were talking last week, and I didn't realize that you, you know, you watch uh, WWE. I know you don't have cable, so you don't watch Raw, so we won't talk about Raw. But, uh, you know, on uh, SmackDown, I know you watched that a little bit. You got, like, any thoughts about that? I still don't think the WWE should be, or well, SmackDown, there should be no wrestling at all for me. Uh, once again, all of these sports, they want to provide a distraction. But if a couple of your members of your organization has been tested, they've been tested positive for the coronavirus, I think we need to shut it down. It, once again, this is a difference between whether or not we should be working to, we should be working to put on this performance to entertain people but we still are in the middle of a pandemic. Lives are at stake in the middle of this pandemic. Too many people have been lost in this pandemic. Over 100,000 people have died and those numbers, those numbers could be fluctuated or not. But if over 100,000 people have died from the coronavirus, I don't think any sport should be going on right now. That's just me. And I agree with you 100%. But at the end of the day, if an argument I stated earlier, you are an individual. You have the right to do or not to do. And at WWE, there are a few wrestlers who have decided to stay home. Like Roman Reigns, he just had newborn twins. So he now has five kids. So he's staying home for the benefit of his family. Sami Zayn has decided to stay home because it was, you know... Too much of a risk for him. He was stripped of his in the Carlisle title, but he decided to stay home. That is his right. And now, you know, his good friend Kevin Owens is staying home after the wrestler in question tested positive, you know, for uh, Corona. And the wrestlers found out the same way we did through social media rather than a meeting or a phone call, which I think was unprofessional and straight up ridiculous. But yes, you know, like I said, you are an individual who has a right to make your own choice. And a lot of wrestlers that are there are choosing to wrestle. And they, you know, for you, for those who don't wrestle, there are those that do wrestle. So it's up to you as an individual. I'll just say that, you know, like I said, I still watch wrestling, you know. I mean, I, I agree with you. They shouldn't be wrestling. But since it's on, I will be watching. I will be watching a little bit of Raw later on. So, you know, that's just how it goes. So, Jimmy, as we uh, wrap up this show, which will hopefully be a regular occurrence, do you have any final thoughts? In the world of sports. I just still think that. Because life. 
there's something, as much as we love sports and as much as we want to see sports happen and be present and feel our lives like it has in the past, due to this day and time, we need to understand that life is more important than sports. And I think until we realize that, we're always going to act as if we need something to fill a void of emptiness in our lives. We, we act as if we can't do anything outside of sports. Yes, sports can be great. And you have your emotions tied to the game and all of that. But right now, sports need to be at a standstill simply because preserving life is more important. Okay. Like I stated, you know, you are an individual and you make your own choices. If you choose not to do something, you don't have to do it because you, because you are grown adult. And if you do decide to do something, you can do that because, like I said, you are grown adult. Like I said, I support anybody and anything they want to do. If you want to stay home this time, that's fine. You want to perform, play, whatever, I support that too. So, anything that's going on, I will be watching it. You know, like I said, you know, I work during the week. I have a one-year-old, another baby on the way. Life does get a bit stressful. So, there's some times I like to sit out and watch something to, you know, get my mind on things to relax. So, I'm glad that right now, WWE is on. There's soon regular sports to be coming back. So, you know, it'll help me just unwind a little bit. It'll help me just to be, to feel a little bit better during the day. So, you know. That's just my take on things. It's just how I see it in the world of sports right now. I mean, sports is, you know, wherever you go, billion dollar, billion dollar industry. So people live, die, eat off this. So, you know, I'm not going to, you know, turn my back on it during this time, during these rough times. You know, to me, it's actually helping. That's just you know, that's what I think on things. So that was our first show. Hopefully, we will be back real soon, giving you the whole truth on other issues in the world of sports. For my man, Jimmy Smith Jr., I am Gerald Brits, and you were just hit with the whole truth. Have a good one.